Right, here we are. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to those in Christian Coffee Time. We are turning uh, to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, please. We'll have a look at uh, some things here this morning as we continue in our study. And we're doing a chronological study of the Gospels, and that's a fascinating thing in itself. We'll hope, hopefully we can bring out some of these things here this morning to... Um, encourage us. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, again, we give thanks, Lord, and we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Lord, help us as we um, as we study your word. Help us, Lord, at the admonitions and things here. Lord, this is a deep portion of scripture we're heading into here, Lord, into some of the meat of the word. But Lord, we just thank you for your grace now. Help us understand. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you're just joining us, welcome again, as I said, in Christian Coffee Time. Make sure you have uh, some writing material, so you can write down some, some of the stuff that we go through as we refer to other portions of Scripture. The way we study the Bible is uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, and so one thing and the other helps the other one and this and that. So last week we looked at, in uh, Matthew chapter 14, we were looking at the uh, Lord Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then um, sent the, he sent the um, disciples, 12 disciples across the, the uh, Sea of Galilee to the other side. They had gone over to the, um, from Galilee, Capernaum area, over to near the top of uh, um, the Sea of Galilee, kind of like the top, a little bit to the east there, to Bethsaida uh, near Julius, which is a different uh, uh, town than the one over the village over by Capernaum, there was another Bethsaida. Now he sent them away and they went in the ship and they went from there over, and remember it told us, uh, it tells us in the Bible back in the verse 4 of chapter 6 of John that the feast of the uh, Passover of the Jews was at hand. So the Lord Jesus, now he's going to send the disciples and he's going to walk on the water, okay, and he's going over to Capernaum. Because there's a temple over there, and that's where he's going to go. He's not going to be late for that. Okay? He's going to go over for that, and he goes across. And uh, if we look at John, or John chapter six here, let me just read. Uh, let me just read a few verses here to get our introduction. And in John, there's three verses here in in regards to that crossing the the uh, water and such, and the Lord Jesus walking on water. Matthew, there was a lot of information, wasn't there? In John, we don't have that much information. So you can see from that the importance of us studying the Bible and taking the Gospels, taking all four Gospels, and you put it together to get a, a lot more information, get the full story. Verse 19, it says, So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, that's about three and a half miles. Okay. Now, where they were crossing at the top of the sea, it's about six miles across. So, of course, the Bible's right. You see that? They, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. And then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Okay. Uh, we'll just note from last week we saw some miracles taking place. We saw the miracle of uh, the Lord Jesus walking on water. Okay. Now, we're going to read, and we get into this bit here, we're going to see that um, the people that were up in that area, that say the near Julius, they're going to see that, well, the disciples got into a boat and went across, and there was not another boat for Jesus, so how did he, where did he go? And the Lord Jesus walking across, where's he going? We already mentioned, they're going across to Capernaum, 
Way over in verse 59, it says they found him in the temple, in, in the synagogue, rather. Okay? Synagogue is the word I was looking for. Now, I was thinking of this. Even though there wasn't a boat, the Lord says, I'm not going to miss the service. <laughs> I'm going to get there. This guy will preach, you see. See how he, he is so intent on getting there that I can walk across the water, not a problem. I'm going to do that. And we take that for ourselves. And it'll preach. Uh, if the Lord Jesus was so intent he wanted to get there, he would not have missed the Passover feast and all that celebration that they, took, that they had there. And we look at ourselves and the things that uh, we should be as zealous for the things of God in our lives here today. Shouldn't we? Yes, we should. And that'll preach, but that's not our message this morning. When we see the miracle of Jesus walking on the water, we see that uh, Peter walked on the water. There's another miracle there. We saw that when he got in the boat, the wind stopped. Hey, that's a miracle. Mm. And then there's another miracle here that's just, it tells us that, it seems to indicate. It says, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Something very miraculous happened there. They were in the middle of the sea. Three and a half miles out. Tells us that. And when Jesus gets in the boat and they're there, is that like time travel or something? I don't know. Hey, there's something. I don't understand it, but it says, and immediately the ship is at the land. Mm. Well, I don't know about you, but rowing a boat takes a while. Mm. How many of you row a boat yeah. <laughs> that fast? <laughs> I think there's something there, though, you see. There's things here we don't even understand, okay? We're talking about Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh. Let's have a look down through this now. So in our introduction there, we see some miracles that have taken place, and we see the importance of looking at all of the Gospels. Get a harmony of the Gospels. Uh, you'll find it in the back of some of the Bibles. Uh, Thompson Chain is a good one for that. Uh, you can buy separate books. I have a book that has uh, um, the, the, the Bibles uh, each, all the, the words, the verses, side by side. It's quite fascinating to read. Anyways, um, let's look at verse 22 and start there. The day following, this is after the feeding of the 5,000 up there at Bethsaida near Julius. The day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea, uh, that's on the eastern side where, that, where they did that, the Lord did that miracle, saw that there was none other boat there save the one wherein his disciples were entered, and that Jesus was not with his disciples, went not with his disciples into the boat, and that his disciples were gone away alone. We already talked about that. The people were standing there and said, there was only one boat here for those guys. And we saw the disciples go. Well, where did Jesus go? What? There was no boat for him. What's going on? Then it goes on to tell us in verse 23, howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias, which is just south of Capernaum over on the western shore. And some people from there had come over to see. They heard Jesus was over there, and they came over. Okay. Albeit, there came other boats from Tiberias unto the place, Bethsaida there, where they did eat bread after the Lord given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. So they saw the disciples go away, this is the day after the miracle, and they said, well, we can't find Jesus, so he must have somehow, we don't know what happened, there he is, he must be over there. We're going to go over there and find out. So they get in their boats, and they're going to come over to the, to the western side now, over to Capernaum, in that area there. Capernaum, and you have the land of Gennesaret, is a big fertile plain just south of that, Tiberias just below that, 
Not too far away from that, you have um, Canaan and Nazareth, and this is called the, the land or the area of Galilee. That's what they call it, what they used to call it. Uh, when the people, they took shipping. Okay, now let's get into it here. So, and they came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus, okay? And I already mentioned that uh, uh, in verse 4, that the, the um, uh, Passover of the Jews was at hand. Verse 59, they find him in the synagogue. That's where he was going. That's where he was headed for. Um, way back in Matthew chapter 14, verse 35, it says that the, um, the people of the area there, when Jesus got to that area, that the people recognized him. Okay. Well, actually, our Bible says, had knowledge of him. And that means, it literally means to recognize We've seen him before. We know who this is. And if you go back in your Bible into Matthew chapter 12, you'll see that the Lord Jesus was at the area uh, prior, and there was some problems. Uh, the Pharisees stirred up problems, and, and, and the, 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 I don't know if the people got involved in that or not. You'll have to read it in um, uh, John um, uh, 12. I forget where it is. Let me just look here. John 12, 22 to 24. Um, all in through that, you'll see that the, um, the people, um, they had acknowledged that the fact that this is, this is Jesus. They saw him. They recognized him from his previous visit to Galilee, a couple chapters earlier there in that region. And he had been rejected at that time. So we need to get that in our minds, that, that the, uh, they had rejected him. So you had those people over there on the Galilee, uh, or the uh, Capernaum side, they had rejected Jesus, and that's when the, um, the Pharisees and the Jews said that he did that the Lord Jesus did uh, miracles by the power of Be Beelzebub, the devil himself. So there was a rejection of, of the Lord Jesus, and when he gets back over there, they say, "Hey, look, this is the this is this is him." And so we see that. So at the land of Gennesaret, Capernaum, in there, the Gal Galilee, around there. Um, during the brief visit to Galilee, those who had um, recently been party to rejecting him as Messiah were still willing to accept benefit from his miracles and miracles that prove his Messiahship. Okay, even though he was rejected, the people still wanted, uh, and he, he's going to address that here. And then you have not only those people, but you have the people from Bethsaida near Julius. Now they're in boats and they're coming over. So you got these two big crowds, all kinds of people there. And the Lord's going to address them. Uh, and when, verse 25, And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi. Well, let's stop and think for a minute. Okay. This is interesting. We look at that uh, in light of what he says to them later on. Rabbi, mean, it means uh, like teacher. Okay. Which is interesting that they would say that to the Lord Jesus, or a respect, because he tells them something about themselves here. Uh, they come to him and say, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Now you stop and think about it. And the word when got my attention. Uh, they want to know, when did you get here? We, we can't figure out how you got here. When, when did you come over? They didn't ask how, and they didn't ask why. They wanted to know when. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they didn't ask enough questions. They're just asking questions to satisfy their own, whatever they think about the Lord, and so on and so forth. Okay, do you see that? 
When camest thou hither? Um, they call him teacher yet, yet they weren't acknowledging him as the Son of God, as the Messiah. How did you get here? We can't figure it out. You ever say that to somebody? Well, I never heard of that before. Mm. Uh, how did you, they can't, of course you can't figure it out. We don't know how they got there immediately. Okay? But I just wondered why they uh, would say just the when. So we get to verse 26 here. And we see, they asked a question. Now this is important because you're going to see this. There's going to be a conversation take place. They're going to speak and Jesus is going to answer back and forth for a bit here. Um, verse 26, Jesus answered. Just a little side note on that. And Jesus answered. And you go through this to the end of the uh, chapter to verse 70. You'll find that Jesus answers or Jesus said or Jesus speaks to them or however... 12 different times, okay? And it's very important for us. 12 is the number of perfection. All numbers mean something. The number of perfection. We see the Lord speaks 12 times, answers 12 times. You know, I, when I look at those kind of things, and that's just through the Bible, you'll see that, the numbers and such like that. And people say, oh, then man wrote this. No, no, man copied it. God wrote this. Man can't come up with stuff like this. Anyways, never mind. And Jesus answered them and said, now look what he says, verily, verily, that means truly, truly. Now when I first read that I thought, okay, the Lord's going to tell them off. But I'm looking at this and you get studying and you see, he's not telling them off. He's not telling them off. He says twice, he's like, truly, truly, I've got something to teach you, something true that you must understand, okay? Um, excuse me a minute, i got a note here, I have to read it. <laughs> What's that there? No, he's not telling them off. He's helping them. Truly, truly, he says, in order for them... Excuse me. I'm trying to read my notes here. My glass is a wonderful thing. Mm. <laughs> in order for them to be taught, they must first learn something very important about themselves. And Jesus is going to show them, and he does that often. He'll say, but you've got this wrong. Yeah, you've got this, this, but this is, remember the revelation of the, uh, the seven letters. He's not really telling them off, but he's going to show them some things about themselves right here. But that's our Lord. He cared for those people. He wanted them to understand who he is. He's going to the lost uh, sheep of the house of Israel right here, okay? He's going to show them. He wants them to understand this. But one of the first things he says, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. What does the Bible say about seeking God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Well, what things? In Matthew chapter 6 is talking about don't worry about what you're going to wear, don't worry about what you're going to eat, and so on and so forth. Just the physical needs of life. Don't worry about that, but seek God first. And he says, you're not doing that. He's helping these people to understand truly, truly. You see, he's not telling them off. This is the grace of God and the love of God come to these people, eh? Could you imagine being there and hearing Jesus I'm talking to these huge crowds. He says, you, you following me, you know, not because of the miracles, because the miracles prove that he's 
the Son of God, that he's the Messiah, way over in the, uh, John uh, 20, uh, verse 30 and 31. And many other things truly did Jesus in the, in the presence of his disciples. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Mm. That's why these miracles, we see these things in here. And God wants people to read the scriptures and see those things. But because you were filled, they weren't thinking of, and this is the natural man he's dealing with, the natural individual, the natural man in the state of, is uh, in his lost state, he's in his, in his sins. The only thing that an unsaved person thinks about is having his belly filled, okay, and the physical things of life, okay. And Jesus is talking about, and going to talk about spiritual things, spiritual things. So he goes on to tell them <clears throat> and mention to them that um, he says in verse 27, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Now let's look at this verse for a minute. To labor, it's actually the same word down there. You'll see the word work in verse 28. It's the same same word, basically. It's just work. You're, you're pursuing a particular thing, and this is what you worked for. This is what you work for. This is what you are motivated to do, and so on and so forth. And Jesus is telling them, don't labor, spend your life seeking after meat that perishes. That's what they were doing. They just wanted to be filled again. Let's go over there. We'll get another free lunch. How many like to have a free lunch? Let me stop, man. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even see the miracle hardly. I wonder, I was thinking about it. I wonder if they even noticed it. He had them sit down on the grass, like the, uh, groups of 50s and 100s, and then you had uh, the 12 disciples go out and meet with all of them, and they'd have a, uh, did they have a basket? They must have baskets because they took up 12 uh, baskets full afterward. Did they have a basket? Did the Lord give them each a loaf or something? And they go, and and the people would see, now just stop and put yourself there. You've got this row of people, and the guy's giving you something out of Maybe they don't see the miracle. Maybe they didn't think of it. Maybe they didn't see it. And he goes on down the line, they wouldn't think, well, that's about 100 people already that he's fed. Or that's just a few. I'm just thinking about it, that's all. He says, don't labor for that. Don't set your whole goal in life in just meeting the needs of this the flesh and your earthly needs and such. There's something more important here. There's something very much more important. And he refers to himself as the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 7 verse 13 talks about, and there's a prophecy there about this one that would come. It's the Messiah and the miracles and things he would do and everything. And he's called the Son of Man. Now, those that knew the Old Testament Scripture would recognize that and know that when he says that, he is claiming to be the Messiah. He is claiming deity. Okay? Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath the Father sealed. That's an interesting word. Let's just talk about that word for a minute. Sealed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that word sealed means to certify. And like, it's like, a, like, a, like a seal of approval kind of thing. It's interesting to note that back in those days when they used to do their the temple sacrifices and all that, that the sacrificial animals were examined and sealed 
that word right there, if they were found perfect, if they were without spot, without blemish, he was claiming and showing them he is the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God. It's the same word. He uses that word. It's the same word they used uh, to set apart and to put the stamp of approval, so to speak, on that animal that was fit for the, uh, um, for the sacrifice. Remember over in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, the Lord's telling them off and saying they were bringing all the lame and, the, and, and that kind of thing, animal. Isn't they not offering the best to the Lord? And they had to have animals that were without spot, without blemish, the best. I remember talking to a fellow one time about um, he's having financial troubles. I said, do you uh, give offerings? Do you tithe? Well, if we have any left over. Oh, so you give the Lord the leftovers? Is that right? You give the, to God the leftover? You see, the best. You see, that, that's what they had for the sacrifices with the best animals. Not the lame and such, but the best. Sealed, certified. For him hath God the Father sealed. It's certified. Because there's some, he's talking about the cross, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He's talking about the cross. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about uh, this, what he's saying here in verse 27. So he's telling them, in life you'll find you, you run after your food and your, your home and all these things that you need. He says there's something far more important. You can have all those things. But what if you didn't know Jesus Christ? What does the Bible say about that? Isn't there a verse about that? that um, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? How do you lose your soul? But not knowing Christ. He's God manifest in the flesh. Come to be the sacrifice for your sins, for my sins, for everybody's sins on that cross of Calvary. To give his life as the sacrificial lamb of God with your name on it. And he dies and was buried and rose again the third day. And he's concerned over these people that they're just seeking after him just to fill their bellies. And I was thinking about this. and I, My wife and I watched a lot of the thing yesterday on the TV and different uh, commentators and live things about the Freedom Rally in Ottawa. It's an amazing thing, you know, the trucks and the protesting the mandates of you know, government overreach and that sort of thing. And they're saying it's called a Freedom Rally. Okay, and that's good. It's wonderful. I, I think it's a wonderful thing. And it, it reminded me of way back in, I think it was the late 80s when the Berlin Wall came down. You remember, remember that? I think it was the 80s or something like that, eh? And the Berlin Wall came down and uh, the people had a, 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 they were set free from this tyrannical government that was oppressing them and keeping them walled in from going over here, right? The wall came down and, 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 and all that. There was a song written about that back in that time, and uh, my oldest son had it on a, a cassette and that, and it's interesting that I was listening to that song in the context of what's going on here today. And you see, uh, about the wall going down, the song is called Freedom, and uh, the walls of oppression had come down, and change, change came about, and they were set free now, so to speak. And these ones in uh, Ottawa, they want, to, want us to be set free from the uh, government mandates and such. Okay? But in the song, it says this. And I was thinking about this and watching the crowds and crowds of people. And my heart went out to them. It's, 
The song says, the people cried for freedom, but freedom without Jesus is just another wall. Mm -hmm. You see, real freedom, real true freedom, to be free from the, the curse of sin, to be free from this old nature that is against God, but to become one of God's children, to have your sins forgiven, to have heaven your home, that's real freedom. That's real freedom. And that's what the Lord Jesus is saying to these people. He's saying you're chasing after the physical stuff. You're going after that, but you're not considering the, uh, the, um, the meat unto eternal life. And he gets into that. So verse 28 and then they said to him, so he says, don't, don't, uh, don't labor for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life. In verse 28, now you've got to understand, these don't, people don't get it, okay? And the Lord Jesus is going to help, try and help them understand this. It reminds me of the way the Spirit of God works upon people, and he comes and illuminates. You can't, you can't. Sometimes, sometimes people say, well, I'll get saved on my deathbed, or I'll just wait, I'll have a good, good life and have lots of fun, and I'll just... You don't get saved when you want. Spirit of God's got to open your understanding, you know? That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus is doing here. And, and bit by bit, and we want people to come and see, here the first time. It would be something that if everybody, got, everybody that heard the gospel the first time, they got saved immediately right there. The Spirit of God works upon them, and it may be a slow process. I don't know about you, but Took the, took the Lord nine, took the longer than that. Took about 28 years to get hold of me. Kind of dumb, eh? <laughs> then they said unto him, What shall we do? You see that? What shall we do? Oh, but the Lord doesn't give up on them. It's not about what you do. And there's a lot of people today, maybe in church services all around over the country to such and roundabout, that work are working for their salvation. In every cult, every ism, every religion that's apart from biblical Christianity is a works-based. Because people are deceived into thinking that you've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. And Jesus says, you're laboring for the meat that perishes. Okay? Then said he unto them, what, or they said, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? People always trying to do something to please God, to get to, to say, I'm a good person, you know, God will let me in because I'm a good He didn't say that. Verse 29, Jesus answered and says, so the Lord answers that, answers them, and he says unto them, this is the work of God. Okay, this is the work that you need to, to focus on. The work of God, this is the primary, number one, first thing, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Now, if you're writing things down, you can write this down. 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. Sometimes people get hung up on the commandments. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, it says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. People say, see that? There's the Ten Commandments. We'll keep reading that we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If you stop there, you, you might have a problem. You might have a little bit of a difficulty in your theology. Verse 23, 1 John 3, 23, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, 
and love one another. Have you ever heard that before? Mark 12:30. They're asking the Lord, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see? And he says it here. The number one thing for people, the number one command, the number one thing is to believe in Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that matters. You could own the whole world, all the tea in China. I don't, people don't even say that anymore, do they? <laughs> That's a lot of tea, I guess. <laughs> it's a wealth. It means nothing. You'll die, and you'll go to hell. And you'll come up before the Lord, and your life will be reviewed, and you'll be cast into the lake of fire. But Jesus Christ came, he says, to give himself on the cross of Calvary to pay for your sins. He says that the, the meat that uh, is unto everlasting is to believe on him, not something we do. And we see this, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Let's work, look at that word sent for a minute. That word sent right there. I was looking the other day, I forgot what word it was. In the Hebrew, I think there were 65 different words. What have been sent? I forget. 65 different Hebrew words. And we only have one in our English. Isn't that something? You've got to find out which one the Spirit of God said. Eh? Well, this one right here. He, uh, believe on him whom he has sent. It means to send as an authoritative representative. You stop to think about it. What better authoritative representative than God manifest in the flesh representing God? Eh? So he's showing them, he's saying, and they understood these words here, just like we understand the words in our language. They understood what he said there, or, you know, they would understand the word. <clears throat> believe, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Verse 30, and they, they taught, now they're going to they're gonna come back with something else. Mm -hmm. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then? that we may see and believe thee. What dost thou work? I don't know if it was me, I would have said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. <laughs> I'm done. You guys, you're not getting it, eh? You're not getting it, boy. <laughs> I keep throwing them, you keep dropping them. <laughs> they said, what sign? Now, just stop it, wait a minute. These are people, or one of the crowds there that came over from Bethsaida, where he just finished feeding the 5,000. Maybe they didn't understand that. That was a miracle. Maybe there's another miracle was that they couldn't figure out where, how did Jesus get across over there? He walked on the water. But they, didn't, they didn't know that. But they were following Jesus because they had seen and heard of other miracles and things done. Right? The same as the people that were there already in that whole land of Galilee. What sign show us now then? This sounds like the Pharisees said that. What sign Jesus said to them earlier there be no sign given unto you but the sign of Jonas. What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? So, seeing is believing. Is that right? No, no, no. Turn it around. Believing is seeing. Yes, it is. If you show me, then I'll believe in you, Lord. And he says, that's not how it works. You believe, and then you will understand. You believe and then you will see. When you got saved, wasn't it something? It was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. 
So what they're saying, you see what they're doing here, it's almost like they're um, not necessarily opposing, but it is in opposition to what the Lord Jesus is saying. Or maybe it's not like that, or maybe it wasn't intended like that, but they go to something that's natural and what we do all the time. They said, they said unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers, our fathers, see that? My genealogy, my dad, my family, look at what has taken place. My, my grandfather used to be a Baptist preacher. Hmm. I guess I get into heaven then, eh? No, this is what they're saying. The Lord tells us in another portion of Scripture that pay no heed, no never mind, to endless genealogies. Our fathers, oh, where are we here? Yeah, 31. 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. Okay. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Referring, of course, to their family ties and, and all that kind of thing. Um, well, I'm a good person. I've got some good things about me. I've got this. I do that. I, 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 I. Forget the I. It's about the Lord. Let's go on. And Jesus answers them. He, he, uh, um, he comes back and he, he tells them. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, truly, truly. Okay, again. I'd like to know, I'd like to be able to understand the tone of voice. And I don't think the Lord, the Lord Jesus didn't get, wasn't getting frustrated with them, but he wants the truth to come out. The truth, they have to hear the truth. And in order for the truth to come out, you're not going to stamp your feet and stuff. It's not going to work. He's very, I believe he's very calm here, but he's just saying, but this is what this is. Truly, tr here's the truth, he's saying. I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. You see, the manna in the wilderness back there in the Old Testament is kind of like what we call a picture of Christ, isn't it? And we have our Lord's table. We have uh, bread and, and uh, the grape juice, the fruit of the vine. And it's not the body of Christ, is it? No matter what some say, that's a bunch of nonsense. It's a picture. It's a symbol of. Okay? Right? But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Remember, he's talking about the work of God, the, the, the bread that uh, is to, unto life everlasting, which is belief in Christ. There's the key there, to believe in Jesus Christ. That's how a person gets saved. That's how a person gets forgiven. That's how a person gets to heaven. That's how a person becomes a child of God through believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his work on the cross of Calvary and his resurrection, the whole whole nine yards right there. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now, just a minute there, there's some that say that, that God just picks out a few. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, to which place shall you go? Uh, but that's not what this says. It says that the, that the Father gave Jesus Christ as the bread, that which will sustain you, that which will save your soul, Jesus Christ. Life unto the world, the Lord Jesus himself. And then verse 34, then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Now they're getting closer, eh, to understanding. Give us some. We want, we want this, Lord. We want this bread. 
kind of like the woman at the well said the same kind of thing and referred to other things off topic and such. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. So there's no misunderstanding, that there's no um, wondering what he's saying. He's saying, I am the bread of life. Believe on me is to take him in, is to feed on Christ, is to take in his flesh. And he's going to talk about drinking his blood later here. But he's not literally talking about it literally, is he? In belief, you accept him and receive him into yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Verse 36, But I said unto you that ye, that ye also have seen me and believe not. Okay? There's a problem for them. All that the Father uh, giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. It's spiritually discerned. It's not talking about how you come, but he's talking about it is spiritually discerned that you cannot. People say it all the time. Say, well, when I'm ready, I'll get saved. No, you won't. The Spirit of God's going to come and turn the light on. And when he's done with you for a bit, the light, I don't know, I don't know how it works. You've got you to uh, uh, respond. <clears throat> all that, that, verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. No matter what you've done, now we stop. We're just going over these things, and maybe it's a shame to run through it like this. You stop and think about it. He says, All that come to me I will no wise cast out. So the question was asked years ago, I think it was a, a television guy, had a Christian guy on there, and he said, Do you mean to tell me that if Hitler had have trusted Christ, he would have been forgiven? Anybody that comes to him. The Apostle Paul was a murderer. Sin is sin, folks. And there's the problem that we have. That we are in sin. We're born with a sinful nature. We were born with Adam's sins imputed onto our account. And our sinful nature, we sin. Okay? That's what, it's, that's what the Bible says. God says there's none righteous. No, not one. And he should know, shouldn't he? He should know. Now all that come to me, any that will come to him, he says, I won't cast you out. I'll never put you out. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never say, oh, you're a real bad one. Get away. No. You come to me, he says, and I'll clean you. I'll forgive you. You'll become one of mine. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He's talking about spiritual things, isn't he? But I said unto you that ye have seen me and believe not. Now, what would have to be wrong with a person to see those miracles and such and then not believe that this is something very special? You just put your place, yourself in that. Like, you'd have to be resisting that somehow, eh? All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Talking about the cross. He's talking about the resurrection. And uh, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last day. Eternal security. We can take these things and we shouldn't. I think we're going to stop now. 
and we'll pick this up next week, but can you see that every verse has got some very deep theology and doctrines? Mm. You see? Mm. What he's doing here. He just mentioned about eternal security. There's so many people out there that think they can lose their salvation. <laughs> Jesus said no. He said right there. Some, there's, there's so much out there uh, where, that people look to um, God just calls a certain few. No, he said no. He gives life unto the world. You know? yeah. but let's just review what we've, what we've done so far. So we see the people have, uh, they, they wanted to find out where he was and they went to great lengths. How long would it take you to row across six miles like that? That's quite, that's quite bad. Be, you'd be tired. But they wanted, they just wanted to go have a free meal, eh? Get a McDonald's coupon. You just want to, they just wanted to eat. It's free. It's free. But the Lord Jesus, He says, truly, truly, this is your problem right here. We're going to deal with that. And that's what the Lord does. In this, we see the grace of God, and we see the love of God, and the love of God for people that, could I say that, we don't deserve it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we see that, we listen to these people, and we can see ourselves. We can see ourselves in them. But we see the grace of God, we see the love of God, and the likes that the Lord's going to, to help them understand. And Jesus answered, and Jesus said, but I say unto you, truly, truly. An amazing, amazing thing. Now, this portion of Scripture we're looking at is not in the other three Gospels, okay? It's just peculiar, not, that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean, to John here. So it's important for us to study all four Gospels and get a complete story, get all the, all the facts and stuff. We're going to stop right there. I don't know about you folks, but when I read through this, and I just am just amazed and see the Lord Jesus and the things He did, the things He went through, and all the things here in the Bible, there's so much packed into every little phrase and paragraph. And we're just running through it. Just running. You ever go to the beach when you were a kid and you just would run along the edge and splash out the water? And when you get older, you get into the deeper parts. We need to get into the deeper stuff. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't He great? Let's just stop right there. And uh, a word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, we just stop. Time is against us as always, Lord. But we just want to thank you for these verses that we have looked at this morning and looked at some applications for ourselves. And as we look at and consider the, um, the events that took place with those people and their, intera their interactions with the Lord Jesus and such, Lord. And Lord, we should be able to learn from this in how we should deal with other people and, uh, and that the truth needs to be, be said and in a certain way, a kindness. And then, Lord, we also see that ourselves, we are like these folks here that uh, we just don't get it sometimes. We can be stubborn. and We can have our minds set on something, Lord. And Lord, we just want to thank you for your grace and your love to everybody and the grace and love that was shown as your word tells us that while we were yet sinners God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary we just pray Lord that 
perhaps somebody would be listening to this message and hear some things about the Lord Jesus. They'd see themselves. And that Christians would be, well, examining. We'd be examining ourselves, Lord, and learning. And Lord, that we would just, when we look at you, when we study about you, Lord, that we would just have a, an absolute sense of awe because we are dealing with God Almighty. And Lord, we just thank you for your grace and what you've done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we pray now and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, Lord bless you. We'll see you uh, next week. And take care, folks. Bye now.